How are you doing, Suns fans? Seriously, how are you doing? Welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. It is a post-game pod, although the game did end a few hours ago. We once again had a doubleheader between the Phoenix Suns, or with the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, as they are playing in the WNBA Finals Game 2 at home. It actually just went to overtime, so you will get live updates as you uh, you watch this pod along live with us, if you're listening to this pod tomorrow, you already know the results, and you're going to hear how we navigate those feelings as that occurs. But I bring in my podcasting partner, Matthew. How are you doing this evening? That's a beautiful background. It looks like you're coming to us live from the stadium. I am live. Actually, Dave King is right next to me. So we're hanging oh, yeah? out here, having a couple of brewskis, got some Coors Light over here, so having a good time. Dave, you want to come and say hi? Oh, he's shy. I forgot he's oh, shy, dude. So he's not going to show up. And he Davey like King. Me, so. <laughs> he's such a shy guy. Well, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you watching this Mercury game? Yeah, it's on in the background. Let me actually mute it a little bit. Uh, in the background, just like you were watching the Dodgers the last podcast. So we'll be watching this game as we pod. Yeah, hopefully it turns out uh, nice for him. I mean, it's it's looking like a great game. Uh, Brittany Griner. I mean, just watching her play is just. I love seeing a player like that. It reminds me kind of like Matumbo, who's just aggressive on defense. There was one play where she had an and one, and she just started pretty much just laughing at the defender. Yeah. I just, I'm sorry, I just, I love that shit. No, no, she's great. This whole team is awesome. And what sucks is like I really missed out on a whole season and a whole 20 years of really watching them, which is really disappointing. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But what's awesome is the more and more of these guys, especially in the NBA. And the the Suns team are pushing us to watch them. It's it seems like a bad thing to say, but it's not because some people, you know, if you push someone to watch a TV show, it takes them forever, right, to actually get to the TV show to watch. Sometimes it takes a year. So I'm just saying that the more and more that this is put in front of us, we're gonna watch it. And next year I'll be watching whether or not they win this series or not. Well, you're gonna have to remind me at the end of the show about TV series because I got a couple questions for you. So All that's right. that's your responsibility. Put so that I'm in the notes. Down right now. There you go. So TV at the back series. end of the pod, I've got I've got a couple questions about a TV series. But uh, right. welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. He's Matthew. I'm John, and you can't spell jam without John and Matthew. Thus, the name of the pod. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're at. If you're listening on the the good old Apple Podcast, go ahead and leave us a review there. If you do, we will happily read it right here on the show. And Matthew. We actually have one that I wanted to bring up. Uh, this, All is right. a, this is a five-star review from from Suns fan in ND. So I'm assuming that's North Dakota, not Notre Dame. He says, my favorite tradition of this show is swears for kids. Can't wait for the season to start. <laughs> he's, he, clearly, he's, he's clearly he, referencing the old solar panel. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that sounds familiar, but now that you say that, okay, I remember that. Yes, yeah, swears for yeah. kids. Uh, Diana Taurasi just hit a deep fucking three. That's sick. All right, yeah, and I am lagging behind you too. Yeah, so. I'm. Yeah, I'm watching it on cable television in a hotel room in Reno, Nevada. Um, but if you're watching the show, please hit that thumbs up button. Please subscribe wherever you're at. Uh, plenty to talk about on this podcast. Obviously, we're going to continue to reference the Mercury game, and we're going to talk about the Suns game against the Portland Trailblazers, the last game of the preseason. Matthew, we are one week away from regular season basketball. How you feeling, man? Oh, I'm pumped. I am ready. I'm watching these boys on the sideline right now, the Mercury game. I cannot wait, dude. Contract or no contract, let's go. Yeah, let's amen. Well, and that's a, a part of this we'll conversation. We'll be talking yes. about that as well. So, uh, cheers, everybody. Matthew, I know you're going to pop one open because I don't have oh, one. Yeah. I got a bottle. I got a bottle of water. Yeah. Right. 
I am Matthew. You are traveling, man. So ready for this? Oh yeah, good oh, pop. Dang. That was pretty good. That was like yeah. nice and sound, solid. Yeah, it sounded like you broke a knuckle. Are your I, knuckles I okay? I think I'm getting like really, really strong. I don't like I was holding my niece the other day and I was holding her for actually more than a minute, and that's more than usual. So <laughs> I'm just really strong nowadays. It comes from popping all those beers. So uh on that note, we're gonna go ahead and kick off this podcast and talk about the last preseason game of the 2021-2022 season. Cheers. So the Phoenix Suns absolutely destroy the Portland Trailblazers in the last game of the preseason, winning by a total of 45 points. 45 points. Yeah. 45 points. So therefore... Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, when you watch a game like this, does winning by 45 points change any perception you have of either the Phoenix Suns or the Portland Trailblazers? It does not, but not too long ago was the Trailblazers doing this to the Suns. All right, so I know the Trailblazers have their own thing going on with like um, trades. Well, I think they kind of seem settled a little bit, but you never know with that team. They need to make something happen. So maybe they're just sick of it, but it tells me a lot about the Suns just getting taking care of business and getting this game done so they can get ready for the Mercury game. That's what it seemed like. That's when I saw the final score because I was unable to watch. It wasn't like I was working today. I actually got sick, the little headache. So I went home uh-huh. and I did not get to watch it. But uh, when I saw the score, I was like, okay, they just want to get this one done, right? Yeah, you know, it's a preseason game, and even though it's a 45-point win, there's obviously a lot of positives that occurred, and we'll talk about some of those positives that happened for the Phoenix Suns and a lot of negatives that occurred for the Portland Trailblazers, and we'll talk about those negatives. But in the grand scheme of things, like it truly doesn't matter. I don't know if you saw this tonight, but the Dallas Mavericks beat the Hornets by a score of 127-59. to 59. I did see so, that, yes. So it, it really doesn't matter the, what the final result is. It, what does matter is how the Suns got there on offense, knowing that on defense they weren't really doing much. The Portland Trailblazers weren't showing much. It's the last game of the preseason. And, you know, when you just simply take a look at how some of the statistics played out in this game, the Suns shot 49% from the field, whereas the Blazers shot 29.8. The Blazers were 6 yeah. of 39 from deep. That's 15.5%, whereas the Suns shot 16 of 41, good enough for 39%. So they simply just outshot them. The Suns out-rebounded them by 10. They out-assisted them by 18, 30-12. And when you look at the fast-break points, it was 14-4 in favor of the Suns. So pretty much in every facet of the game, the Suns were just clicking. And I wrote the the preview for this game for brightsideofthesun.com, and that's essentially what I said in my prediction, was the Suns will win a preseason game that doesn't matter simply based on the fact that the depth of this team goes three levels deep when you consider that our third level includes the likes of Alfred Payton, somebody who uh, in this game ended up posting nearly a triple double. I mean, Alfred Payton had eight points, uh, nine assists and eight rebounds in the 24 minutes that he played. And when you have a team that is as deep as the Phoenix Suns, when you're playing a meaningless preseason game, our third team is better than their third team. And I think ultimately it just didn't really matter. 
No, it doesn't matter. And it, it helps players like Alfred Payton. Usually in the past when we'd have players come in the third team, it would be like, oh, who knows if these guys will actually be on the squad going into the year if they're going to get any minutes. But you had Alfred Payton out there who is going to be the third point guard, which is crazy because we talked about this last pod and I brought it up. It was weird. I know he doesn't get paid that much, but he's still a good solid player and he's going to have time or he might not have time to really show that on the court this season. So how much that of that is going to bother him. It might not be anything. It might just be me getting too deep into my feelings about this thing. But I honestly think that even just seeing the box score and just watching it, you know, I, I heard like their defense looked a little bit better this game, which is nice to kind of tighten that up going into the season. I know defense doesn't really matter in the NBA. I think I say that all the time. Who cares <laughs> when the game matter, actually though. matters? It does, then. Matter. it does when the game actually matters. And I think the Suns have that. So it's nothing to worry about there. Uh, just open shots the whole first quarter when I was actually watching it on Twitter, just scrolling through Twitter. It was like open shot after open shot to really open the game. It just seemed like the whole time, the whole game, it was that way. So to get Alfred Payton in there, to have him and Cameron Payne going off too, it is insane. It just makes me feel so good all over that these are the two backup point guards for the Suns when we never had a backup point guard. <laughs> this we we have the point guard and we have the two probably the best backup point guards in the league, right? I mean, of course you can say another name, but the duo like that to come in and help Chris Paul and even Devin Booker, it's kind of unheard of, I think. It's something that's just really really unreal with the Suns team. Yeah, I mean, we are far removed from the days of Isaiah Kanan and Mike James, and I mean, we're so uh, we're so deep now that again, it, it might not count, but it's just you'd rather see that than the latter. You know, imagine being a Portland fan. Uh, I was watching a link that somebody sent me on Twitter about the you know following the Lakers uh, defeat. You know, for the Lakers, I was watching a post game show that had Robert Ori on it, so I instantly cringed. So like Robert Ori's doing post game shows for the Lakers, like oh my god, fuck that dude. Um, but they were, they, you know, even though it's the preseason, they were expressing how worried they were because of that reason they don't know how how their depth is going to translate and if you think about the phoenix suns in the past and you go back to you know about three seasons ago where you know you have deandre ayton as a rookie you have uh, uh devin booker and you have you have some some semblance of what this team is now but there was no depth behind it whatsoever and that's how you lose games you can't keep a consistent uh quality product on the on the court for the entire duration of the game and that's how you lose and when you see a team like the phoenix suns roster who they're rostering and the development it just yeah i I think you mentioned this on the last pod they're very spurs-esque spurs-esque if you will they can simply plug in a player like a javel mcgee like a landry shamit into our culture now and they fit in seamlessly and you're starting to see those players even develop chemistry with you know other second team players. I mean, uh, who just said it in the in the chat? I think it was Blaze Megatron. He said our third team is better than a lot of second teams, yeah. And that's why you win by 45 points. You know that that's why you outshoot them, you outplay them on defense, you outplay them on both sides of the floor. Uh, you know, again, I'm I'm glad that the preseason's over because I want these things to count. Because when you have a game where you win by 45 and it's in the regular season, you're just like, oh my. God, this is good. Yeah, exactly. And I was even thinking when I was watching the Mercury game, Dario Sarge is on the sideline. Oh, dude, I'm like, I, oh my I, God, how many I, times I noticed, we killed his career too, right? With the I know. Sarge smoke. <laughs> hold on, hold career. on, hold on. The Sarge smoke break. 
I had that lined up because I was going to say the same thing. I wrote in my notes. I'm like, Dario Sarge is like, is on the on the sideline. You got Chris Paul and Devin Booker Looking and Cam good. Johnson, yeah. Jay Crowder, and you got yeah. Sarge is there right there with the team. <laughs> I mean, even a guy who's not going to be playing this whole season is not is still a part of this team and still displaying the culture. You know, he's not he's not like off somewhere. Uh, you know, just hanging out, trying to recover. He's still right along here with his team, uh, cheering the Mercury, who are up three points with 24 seconds left. And uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith is just trying to dribble the ball out for a little bit with his last possession. I'm going to actually call this one Smith. She's got the ball. She goes left. She crosses over. She goes right. She takes it to the basket. She shoots. It's in! It's that really in. happened? Or you just that really that happened. 91 okay, to 86. Cool. <laughs> Dude, I love right. Skylar Diggins-Smith. I think she's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she, she plays and with then, a lot of passion. It's like, it's you can see it in her eyes, dude. She's just so focused and... It's almost like uh well watch like it, watch it. They're gonna they're gonna cut because so I know you're delayed. They're gonna cut right after she makes it. It's there's Devin Booker taking a picture with like an old like a flash camera, not a phone. It was yeah, that's his thing. That's his yeah. thing. The old He's electronics, so retro, man. He, he is, he is, and it's gonna come back because where do you go from here in life? You have to go backwards. So <laughs> everything backwards. that is cool is backwards. So and Devin could just do whatever he wants. <laughs> you know? What a what so a play like by Jacob Smith. Oh, there's that camera, dude. I remember buying yes, it for my mom for like I know, like 20 years ago. Yeah. It's a, it's a why. It's quite <laughs> quite some time ago. But back to the Suns game. You know, speaking of Devin Booker, he did play in this game. Uh, he had 17 points in 18 minutes. He's going to be just fine. And, you know, we talk about the expected growth for Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges entering this upcoming season. What should we expect from Devin Booker in year seven, Matthew? See, that is such a good question because the growth is like the biggest thing I think everyone's focused on, right? Going into the season from everybody that's so young, the young core. And you kind of think right now, it's like Mikhail Bridges might be like the young core piece to lead everybody in, into like the season and just the development, all of that. And he's a guy you can count on to really develop. Now it's like Booker, he is coming to a season, I think you said last pod, is like his going to be his peak years, right? He's starting this next year to where he's pretty much gathered all this, all this, uh, this, this play, all this, this experience, everything that he needs to really go into this next season to be a complete player. But I honestly think he can be even better and he could, but it's like sharing the ball too, to have the time to, to the minutes, like actually having the ball on the offensive end when you have DA, when you have Mikel Bridges now who's handling the ball. Is he going to have the time to really develop even more on the court? I think he could, but honestly, it's always his leadership for me. His plays there, he's proven in a lot of situations in the playoffs where he can come through. He is he's he's that guy to where we don't have to worry about like a LeBron that might fail in the playoffs and might fail in the finals, you know, might let your team down. He's not that guy. So the leadership thing is the one thing that I seriously think he improved on last year mm-hmm. and he can continue to be that guy. It's almost like him and him and uh, Chris Paul are like holding hands and Chris Paul slowly letting go over these next few years to where Booker can be that leading guy. And Chris Paul needed to be that guy for Booker to be that. So that's what I'm focused on, man. And I think that you'll see a lot more of the leadership this year. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny you say that's like Titanic at the end. It's like Rose and yeah, Jack. Bit, it's like yeah. never let go, never yeah. let go. And you know, slowly Rose is letting go of, of Jack yeah. as he sinks. And and that's Devin Booker sinking into the leadership <laughs> part of his career. Um, no, I think exactly. that, you know, you're, you're right in we will see growth in his leadership. We will see growth in his game and his focus, which is impressive considering 
like he's already playing and focused at such a high level. But I think that the experiences that he gained, not only making the playoffs finally, but navigating all the way to a game six in the NBA finals, that is unquantifiable experience that he received. And not only did he receive that experience, but everyone around him did as well. So it's not like he's, you know, like Jay Crowder was last year, the only guy in the entire NBA finals who had any finals experience. He now has a crew around him that shares the passion that he does and, yeah. and, and yeah. shares the heartbreak that he does, you know, how will it translate to the, to the court? And that kind of is the big question. You know, it's, it's year seven for him, right? Year seven for Michael Jordan beat the Lakers in the NBA finals for his first championship. Now I'm not saying he's Jordan by any means, but he is entering his prime and he now has that playoff experience and he has that team around him. The only challenge I think that lies ahead for Devin Booker relative to growth statistically is I just don't know if the Suns are designed for him to break Tom Chambers franchise record of 27.2 points per game. But if he does, he'll be in MVP conversations because this team will be winning and he will be scoring 27 points plus a game in an effort to do so. I I hope for growth from the three-point line. I think that's the one area of opportunity for Devin Booker always is to improve his three-point shooting because it will really open up other aspects of his game as well. If if you can hit that deep ball, all of a sudden defenders are going to have to play you a little bit tighter, and he can get around players and get to his different spots, and we know that he's got a million different spots. It's not like he's driving to the hoop you know, with one thing in mind is that, and that is I have to finish at the rim. No, he can do pull-ups. He can do fadeaways. I mean, he can, he can stop and you can run into him. I mean, he can do so many different things. So while we are focused on Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, knowing that you need those ancillary players to increase their growth and their productivity this year, it's still going to be very interesting to see how Devin Booker navigates the NBA with success under his belt and how the NBA adjusts to him. Now he's not that player on a bad team who just goes for 70 at the garden and and walks away with an L in his pocket. Now he's a guy who has a reputation for being an elite scorer. He's an all-star, a two-time all-star. Now he's somebody who is in the NBA commercial saluting Kobe Bryant. So people automatically equate Devin Booker's performance to that of Kobe Bryant. So Defenses are going to be keying in on him, and it's going to be how he adjusts to those uh, different looks that he's receiving and how he elevates those around him. And to your point, Matthew, how he leads this team. Yeah, and the the way that everyone is looking now from the outside, all the Phoenix Suns fans, of course, know this team will be back in the playoffs, be a finals contender. But everything else you hear from the outside is basically, you know, they're they're overlooked again. A lot of people are not picking them to go very far. A lot of it's luck from last year and that's fine they can do that so then i mean they're probably gonna think the same thing about booker but they can go two ways they can either think like hey like it was lucky last year and now he's surrounded by a good team right now Mm -hmm. he has a good team around him so the mvp conversation i think is gonna be very very hard because of how good this team is and how filled and stacked it is you know when you're going to guy against guys like luka Doncic, of course who has really nobody on his team and probably have a good season that's going to be tough because he has such a good and i honestly think the point thing i'm not too worried about in the three-point shot Mm -hmm. it would be so nice because he'd be so unstoppable but the way it was like two things last year i noticed where i kind of stopped thinking about hey book get better at the three or take your foot off the line when you're shooting the three. I yeah. stopped getting worried about that. And the did the DA layups, you know, those two things I just got used to. I'm like, okay, as long as the team's winning, I don't care how the ball goes in or where it goes in from. 
they're playing as a complete team. And I think that's mm-hmm. all he's ever worried about, right? Mm-hmm. Ever since he came to the Suns, is playing as a team. So that's the one thing, too, that he has over a lot of these players that are going to be in the MVP conversation is he's a complete teammate. So that I would rather have that than anything else. And he's on a complete team. You know, Luka Doncic yeah. is going to put up MVP-type numbers because he has to. Because that's what it's going to take for the Mavericks in any way, shape, or form to be successful, you know? And when you look, you know, if Nikolai Jokic is to repeat his MVP, he's going to have to do the same thing because now he's down Murray. So, I mean, there's just, you know, when it comes to Devin Booker, it's we need to have the same expectation that we did for DeAndre Ayton last year. And that expectation was, hey, don't get caught up on the statistics. Watch the game, see how he's playing. If he's lost in in the sauce and he's not leading his team, and, you know, I, I just don't want, and I don't think that Devin Booker will revert back to, you know, pissed off Booker, getting a ton of technicals, things like that. He's still a fiery guy. He can't help it, but I think that he's going to have more moments of clarity and more moments of calmness because of uh, his experience and the leadership that he displays. Uh, real quick, shout out to the Mercury. They did win the game, 91 to 86. That was yes. fantastic. Yeah. Yep. All right, game three. So they are now tied in the WNBA Finals against the Chicago Sky. And I'm sure if I was listening to the the broadcast tonight, they would talk about how great everybody was but the Mercury. But uh Shout out to uh, <laughs> Brittany Griner, the GOAT, Diana yeah. Taurasi, and uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, man. I mean, the, the Mercury are just fun to watch. I got to get me one of those Diggins-Smith jerseys. She's a badass. Yeah, I was thinking about, well, you know how I am with jerseys. I always say I'm going to get one. I never do. So it'll be a couple years before I get one. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's going to take yeah. a while. Yeah, I mean, you're just now starting to watch it. So um, I do want to I, I do want to give some love to Bridges. I feel like the last couple podcasts mm-hmm. at, on the post-game pods, we'll sit there and we'll go through our jam start of the game. And we're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Bridges had a really good game tonight, you know? And, you know, I, I didn't watch the game either. I was working. But YouTube has these things where they call full-game highlights, and you can watch them. They're 10-minute-long videos. So I watched that, and the first thing that I noticed, uh, Mikhail Bridges had the first six points of the game, and that's all he had was six points. Uh, he had four assists and three rebounds. But those two three-pointers that he had uh, just looked different. It looked better. You know, they weren't just – one was a catch-and-shoot, but the other one was like, you know, he caught the ball, he dribbled – to his left and then he popped one and again it's those little yeah. things that we're looking for when it comes to Mikhail Bridges Cam Johnson Jay Crowder you know the, the the ancillary pieces of this team it's those little areas of growth and additions to their game that are going to make them more effective uh I just want to say shout out to Mikhail Bridges yeah dude him and Cameron Johnson like they're going from baby food basically to like solid food right now and they just want all of it right on their tray right they they look like they just they want to do everything on the court right now they when I didn't get to see any of this game the last game they just have something in them where they're like they're trying new things out of practice they've been working this offseason on it and they just want to show out they Mm -hmm. want to just have that confidence in their new game and I just want to see it follow through all right they have the potential to really really increase their uh, their game on the offensive end. So let's see if it if it actually falls through to the season. I think it will for sure. They're just they look like they're ready to go. They're just so ready for this man. Well, and then of course there's my guy, and you you know who my guy is, right? Yeah, Dario Saric. No man, fucking Landry Shannon. All I can say is Sham. Wow. Shamit Landry Shamit gets his own segment on the show right now. I'm absolutely wow. Sham wow. This no one took that yet. So we have to make sure no one took that yet. The sham wow segment. That's pretty good. I don't care. We got it on here. I made a graphic, whatever, (laughs) man. 
But I mean, Landry Shaman in his first game coming off the bench, fulfilling the role that he will have the entire season, 12 points in 15 minutes, four for six from the field, three for five from downtown, four assists, one rebound. Again, Sham, wow. I just, this guy's going to be fire. He's the guy who I am really looking forward to seeing this year. Uh, I like what uh, we got. Brian, I assume that's Brian. Brian Catano in the chat he says, Matthew has Cam yeah. Johnson and John has uh, Landry Sham. And let's go. You know, yeah, he was the one that drew the artwork last, last, uh, last oh, f- oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And I had a hard time with his first name, but, um, and then he says, totally Cam, he says, Cam Wow. We should make one that says yeah. Cam Wow, too. <laughs> I like the, I like the Cameron Johnson one we got. Lights, camera, and action. So oh, yeah. Perfect, we, we, we can do that drop. Lights, camera, action. Credit let's to just Jam- do all the drop. Credit to Jamster. Uh, Scott Lacey for making that one for us. Uh, but, you know, again, it's just, I think that, and that's our second team unit, you know? And then the other guy who I'm absolutely loving, I haven't made a drop for yet, is JaVale McGee. You know, JaVale, uh, the way that he's playing right now, it just, it gets me excited. You know, 10 points, five boards in 15 minutes today against the Portland Trailblazers. And he's living in the paint. And it's going to be nice having a presence in the paint when DA's on the bench. You know, and he and Cam are really starting to develop a, a strong chemistry. There's a play where Cam Johnson pump fakes the ball, starts driving to the hoop, and what does he do? The defender closes on him, so just a quick little bounce pass to uh, JaVale McGee, who just you know uh, two games ago did a nice little bounce pass to him. They're, they're really starting to develop a lot of this chemistry, and that's from our second team unit. So, I mean, again, it's just it's these little things that I know in the grand scheme of things of preseason uh, you can't get overly excited about, but you're pleased to see them. I'd rather see them than not see them. Yeah, and I don't know if we've ever mentioned this really with JaVale McGee. Like, his birthday is January 19th, so he's he like a Capricorn. Capricorn, of course. Capricorn, of course. This guy's Capricorns. But, I mean, he's lovable, man. He uh, He's compassionate. He he can do – he'll do anything he he's can to help this team. I, what does he have? Three rings, right? He has three Yeah, championship that's correct. Rings. That's correct. So, I mean, he does anything he can to help this team win. And you were talking about Shamit before. The pieces that James Jones grabbed are actually Phil – this lineup it's so weird to just think like just how much i do not know about basketball because <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying because like you look at shaman you look at mcgee when they come in here i'm like yeah that's good additions like we wanted mcgee for forever but when they see when you see it on the court you're like oh my god this makes so much more sense so he can just see it unfolding before we can actually see them on the court it's just it's insane to watch these guys and how good they just play together man and they're just all in it together they're all having fun i know da wasn't at the game tonight so I don't know what's going on there, but hey, I'll know. tell you what, though, he was at the game today and he was hitting those middies. I and mean, he, he was dropping he was, off yeah, footers like it was nothing, For you sure. know? <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's he's continuing to, to develop. And, and, you know, I'm looking at the roster. There's only one. So I'm a Libra. My birthday is actually this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, and it is. Yes, it is. This is a fact. And there's only one Libra on the team. Do you think you can guess who the Libra is, Mister um, Astrological Signs? Yeah, is it? Is it? Uh, it's Devin Booker, isn't it? No, he's October thirtieth, so that makes him a Scorpio. Oh, I knew he was October though. Who is it? Is it? Um, it's not Chris Paul, is it? Who is it? No, it's Abdul Nader. Oh, okay, very Se- cool, man. September twenty fifth. Uh, whatever. I was hoping to be Booker. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. You know what? I go by Booker's months. a typical a typical Scorpio though. He really is. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, whatever. I can tell. I have a sister who's a Scorpio and a brother who's a Scorpio, and they're both dicks. So, I mean. <laughs> Kota Kid, so so birthday live stream? No, we will not be live streaming on my birthday. 
Uh, is there a be, game Sunday? No, no. This oh, is duh, it. No, I'm Friday, sorry, yeah. Friday, and uh, you know, we'll, and then Wednesday, we'll, right? Yep. Friday, we're yep. gonna do our preseason Jammy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll mention this again at the end of the pod, but we'll be getting together for the Jammies, and then uh, next Wednesday, a live stream after the season opener. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait at all. Uh, you know what? This is a good question in here. Um, let's see. I saw it. Uh, Ted Lubin, who was a loyal listener of the show. I don't understand why JaVale keeps moving around. He's a great player. Why hasn't a team locked him up? And here's why I think, you know, then Matthew, I'll allow you to retort. Yeah. I think, you know, one, you take a look at JaVale McGee and you, you start with his age, right? You know, he's, he's what? 33. I think he's about to be 34 uh, sometime this season. And, you know, you look at that. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's 33. Yeah. He actually went to the, to Nevada university. I'm in mm. Reno, the home of UNR. That's strange. Wow. Crazy stuff. Um, but I think that, you know, when you look at his age, he's, he was a late developer in his career. He's not somebody who really dominated off the bat. He, you know, he played for some bad teams, you know, playing with Washington for a while, played with Denver. Um, but he's always just kind of been like a role player guy. He's, he's that typical, um, his attitude trumps his talent. His affinity to be a team player trumps his ability on the court. And, you know, we'll see him do some great things and we'll see him do some dumb things this season. But I think that he's never truly garnered a massive contract because he just doesn't lack the consistent ability uh, to put up, you know, the, the points. I mean, he did get a nice extension with the Denver Nuggets at one point. I mean, he was he was making 12 million with the 76ers. But, you know, now he's kind of down to that veteran uh, mid-level exception, if you will. Yeah, he uh he's not really like he's not a staple obviously of like some team. He's not going to be the guy there for a long time. He's a really good backup player. I'm really mm-hmm. good backup center. And that's something that the Suns lack and for a while. Ours. So, yeah, and he's ours, which is crazy because we haven't had one forever, but I honestly think that he the way he is in the NBA, it's nothing bad or anything. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys, you know, moving around is not a bad thing. I'm sure he enjoys playing with good teams cuz every time he goes to a new team, it's a championship team basically, right? The teams that are very, very good in the NBA need him on their exactly. team. Exactly. So that's a good position to be in for McGee. Even if you're not like a LeBron or a Chris Paul or anything, staying somewhere for a long time, it doesn't matter, man. This guy's getting paid. He's doing what he does best. He doesn't have a lot of focus on him, right, as to be a starter in the NBA anymore. So he can be the backup guy and be a leader that way. No, I completely agree. I mean, that's who he is. He, somebody's always got to fulfill that role effectively, and he's done it to the tune of three different championships. Yeah. Uh, looking at the team that lost in this game, the Trailblazers, 74 points. What are your thoughts on the Blazers this season? Well, I don't. we talked about this probably before. I mean, when is uh, Nurkic going to get hurt? I uh, I don't know if there's going to be any trade rumors, but like I think Damian Lillard, of course, is probably going to stay for who knows how long. But looking at them, it's like it's not enough still. It's still not enough, and it's really depressing for me because I like the Blazers. I love Damian Lillard. I want him to have an opportunity to be on a really, really good team. I know they were close to the finals a couple years ago, but it's just they knew that they needed something else, and they just haven't gotten it, and it's hard for someone to go to Portland, right? I just think this team has a lot of upside, but they just don't have enough to compete with like a Phoenix Suns team in the playoffs or a Lakers or a Clippers team. I mean, the Clippers might not even be healthy, so you throw someone else out there like, I don't know, who else is good in the West? <laughs> Everybody, right? Utah. Yeah, yeah. Not even Denver, Utah. You can't Golden State. Them. So it's just, it's a long, long year, I feel like, for them. Just kind of drawn out. Unless they can get someone at the trade deadline. 
Yeah, it's an interesting roster construction because, you know, one, I'll start off with this when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers run into the same issue that the Phoenix Suns do in which the national media is pining for our star to want to go to a place like New York, yet our star has never said anything remotely uh hinting at any any discourse like that you know dame lillard has never said anything negative about portland he wants to same things as devin booker comes out of his mouth i love the city i love this fan base and i want to retire here and you always when the offseason hits you know the first thing that anybody starts talking about is like well where's dame gonna go he's got to want out now they continually keep losing in the first round you know they made the western conference finals a few years ago but outside of that it's first round exit after first round exit after first round exit. Uh, but you know what? Dame Lillard is the Portland Trailblazers and vice versa. So I think that's the first thing that, you know, people need to understand about that team. It's like, listen, they don't want to, he doesn't want to go anywhere. You know, he, he signed the max, you know, people all oh, Ben Simmons for Dame. You know, it's like, yeah, you can play GM on the ESPN trade finder all you want. Dame doesn't want to go anywhere. So what the Trailblazers are always trying to do in the offseason is build around Dame. And I think that the number one challenge that they have is when you look at their starting lineup this year, center is Nurkic. Their power forward is Robert Covington. Robert Covington is a very good defensive player, but he's not a power forward. He's six foot seven. He is a really good small forward, a great defensive small forward. But you start him at power forward because you have Norman Powell as well, who, again, is kind of like Robert Covington light, in my opinion. And then you have CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. So you have a backcourt that can't defend and then you have two of you know two players who are good defenders but are you know one of them's definitely out of position and then you have Nurkic who as you mentioned is definitely injury prone and not known in any way shape or form for his, his great defense he can play defense he's big but he doesn't have very good lateral movement so yeah. you look at kind of what they've done what the Blazers have done in this up this past offseason they they bring in Chauncey Billups you know they say goodbye to Terry Stotts cuz he couldn't win cuz it's clearly his fault that the general manager didn't construct that roster properly. Uh, they bring in Larry Nance Jr. Uh, they trade away Derek Jones in that three-team deal that involved Larry Larry Markkinen, and they bring in Larry Jan- Nance Jr., uh, who is a who is a really good he, – he could be your starting power forward, but because you have Robert Covington, you're paying him so much money, Larry Nance Jr. has got to be your sixth man. They got Anthony Simons and Dennis Smith Jr. to kind of back up Dame because they need playmaking from that position. They got Ben McLemore, Cody Zeller, you know, and then it's just kind of, you know, Nessier Little – Quinn Cooks on the team. And I just, you know, again, you take a look if uh, if you take a look up and down the roster and you could just go, you know what? This was a video game. It'd be great because the offense is fantastic and I can score all over the place. There's no defense. There's no consistent defense. No, there's not. But honestly, the difference maker is Nurkic. And if you were just healthy they'd they'd be there probably towards the end they probably would be because they are actually a threat when you have a player like damian lillard anything's possible well, pers- exactly you just exactly. need a guy down low especially now in the west right i mean everyone has a center now so it, it's tough with them man i just don't think they're going to be healthy enough to actually last that long yeah they're in there lies the problems uh ted says in the chat he says blazers would have been real tough the past couple seasons if zach collins had stayed healthy i like zach uh, collins agreed I, I did too but again you know the kid just couldn't stay healthy and blaze megatron says if, if uh robert covington isn't a power forward then neither is jay crowder come on voida and that's that's a fact jay crowder is a small forward as well you know he's yeah. not but again he's a guy who kind of like covington can play bigger than his size 
uh, on both ends of the floor. Well, on, on one end of the floor. He can't. Yeah, play and Covington played in Houston as a center, too. So, yeah. for a while. Yeah, so. but I mean, again, they have this commitment to that small ball style, but they don't have true depth behind it. Behind Nurkic, if you got Cody Zeller, I don't know. I just don't know if that's necessary a uh, a recipe for success, but but we'll see. I know that we did yeah. our you know our preseason, um, you know, kind of up and down look at the West, and I think we both yeah. agreed that Portland is a team that does have an opportunity because the rest of the team is, uh, um, you know, or I'm sorry, the rest of the Western Conference is iffy in in spots you know you don't necessarily yeah. know how golden state's going to perform you don't know how denver's going to perform without murray you don't know how the clippers going to perform without uh Kawhi leonard so it will be interesting so and suns brazil i see you i got your dm you said when you publish the subtitles please when you publish put the subtitles please i can automatically translate and watch sunny hugs love your videos i if i knew how to do that i would yeah, I was looking at that too yesterday. And I was yeah. like, I don't know how to do that. So I, like, I was maybe. messing around with it earlier, <laughs> but do it. I tried. But uh, Scott Lacey, is Ben Simmons still a Portland rumor? No, Ben Simmons reported to camp, and uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, how but that still iffy. Hold. I don't know. I think he he'll probably end up getting traded for sure. I think they were at a wrestling event in Philadelphia, um, and the whole crowd was chanting uh, "F you Simmons." Yeah, or yes, something. yes, so, they were. Yes, they were. The fan uh, base just doesn't like good. it. It's he's I mean, it's he, an NBA he, town too. He, so. he, that and he hasn't That's helped himself sucks. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we get to the Jam Star, you know, did you see Marquis Chris is on the Blazers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, Marquise Chris. Uh, the next uh, Jamel Vigui, you know, moving around. <laughs> yeah, but not winning any championships along Fine. the way. I'm sure he's a- Jam star of the game. All right, jam star of the game. It's the time where I cut off Matthew mid-sentence Whoop. with the drop. It's a reminder to anybody who's listening to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're watching, let us know in the comments who your jam star of the game was for the game today against the Portland Trailblazers. That 45-point drubbing that the Suns put on the Blazers. Uh, Matthew, who's your jam star of the game? It's got to be Alfred Payton. Um, Alfred. I said Alfred. You did say Alfred. Alfred. I'm thinking about Batman. I don't know why. But uh, I think he was for sure. I mean, the old triple-double coming back to Phoenix. So you like to see that. And honestly, I just like to see the depth. And I... He's the first guy when I was reading the box score. I'm like, dang, dude, look at that. I mean, I didn't get to see him play, but I know when I'm looking at him on the box score, I know the effort's there. I know he is going to own his role and hopefully maybe get some more minutes down the line. But right now, playing in preseason, getting those minutes that he can, he's showing up and he's showing that, you know, it's it's not even really a, a, it's not a thing for Phoenix to really worry about signing him for the minimal money he's making. And then just coming out there, he's going to prove that he can be a guy that can really just help out Chris Paul. And I'm, I'm so excited for that still. Again, this is the second time I said that. But seriously, like this is something that is just really exciting. And I'm just happy to I see just, it. It's so funny because this is, <laughs> I, like, this is you last year. You're saying the same exact things, but it was Javon Carter's name instead of Alfred Payton. We're not going to see like Alfred Javon Payton. Carter, yeah, the Javon Carter thing. How long did that last? Maybe it just lasted till, um It lasted until you realized campaign was good. Gosh, how long? Yeah, did it last a long time? I'm sorry, no, man. No, not really. Was, but I think it was Brandon from... Uh, um, locked on. He was like, "Yeah, it was me and Javon Carter's mom are his yes. biggest fans." Yep, <laughs> yeah. he's totally right. But yeah. I still think Javon Carter fan. Well, I, I miss him, dude. A, as am I. But at the same time, like in reality, like we're not going to see a bunch of Alfred Payton minutes this year. I he is my jam star of the game, and you do want to see what he did. Nearly get a triple double when the opportunities do present themselves to him. 
but I don't say, oh, you know what? He's so good that we need to cut campaigns minutes down. We need to find more minutes for EP. Like EP will mm-hmm. play when EP needs to play. Outside of that, we're not going to see him. And about a month into the season, <laughs> you're going to be sitting there and you'll be like, man, I really want Alfred Payne to get some minutes. You know, yeah. it's like, it's well, like, at least I didn't write like an article about it or something. You know what I mean? I just, I, I think he's still good. I think he's better I than do the too. I do too. I but he's do more the, with the offense. But he's the third best point yeah. guard on this team. And that's fine. I'm glad that that's we fine. have him there. I don't imagine him playing very, but yeah. And Javon minutes. Carter, I mean, obviously you know why he wasn't that good and wasn't used that much because he couldn't just run the offense to do a lot more than shooting and maybe, throwing a nice setup pass or something weird. Nothing was there, but Alfred Payton has a lot more than that. So I think he'll get more minutes. I don't. We should, we'll see. All right. How about this? Over, over under. 30 minutes a game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was about to say like over under total minutes played this season. We'll, we'll do that another time. Okay. All right. All right. You ready for the next segment? Let's do it. Watch. All oh right. Wait, Eight hold on. Watch. Oh, is this here to stay? Eight and watch? Because you just redid the graphics. I just for it, redid man. the graphics for it. You oh, know, we're it's all, do it. We're, we'll do it when it's necessary. Which and is it's, every game. It, well, and it's damn necessary after comments that were made in an interview that he had earlier this week with Dwayne Rankin. I'll go ahead and I'll play that interview for anybody who has not heard it as of yet. Came out as far as your talks and then being stalled and contracts and all that. What's your reaction to that and how are you feeling about it right now? I mean, to me, I love Phoenix, um, but I'm really disappointed that we haven't really gotten a deal or a deal done yet. Um, I mean, we were two, two championships, two wins from the championship, and, you know, I just really want to be respected, to be honest. Just be respected, uh, like my peers are being respected by their teams, and, and just keep it like that. Okay. So are you confident, though, that, that yeah. something will get done? Um, I just let them, you know, let them handle the professional way possible and just control what I can control. Because it seems like you're still obviously with your guys. and of course, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the relationship I wanted to will never change on the calls or whatever the outcome is. At the same time, it's, you still got to come in and work. There's a job to be done in. It's time it's to win games. The team we have, we still have a goal and a task at hand that will never change. So there you go, Aiden Watch using, uh, or DeAndre Aiden, and for our Aiden Watch, using words like disappointed, and he's not getting respect, and things of that nature. So obviously that sets off a string of, you know, everybody's reactions on Twitter, everybody's worried now. You know, we have until October 18th to get this deal done prior to the season beginning. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you go first, Matthew. What are your initial thoughts when you hear DeAndre Aiden say what he did, and where the sun stand and where he stands and just everything that's going on with DeAndre in the contract situation. Well, I think uh, Justin said it best on Twitter. So it says Jay where it's just, it's something that basically he was told to say by his, uh, by his uh, management or whatever his, what are you calling agent agent? Jeez. His agent tells him what to say. That's what he has to say. And you hear that all the time. It doesn't make me worried at all. I think there's something more to it though, with the way they're taking their time on this thing. Um, it is strange that it is taking so long because you thought it'd be done by now, but I guess we got to be patient. But when nothing's going on, you have to focus on the one thing and they're going to keep asking him about it. So throwing that out there just to say, you know, disrespect, I guess. Yeah, it is disrespectful, but there's just things that probably they're seeing behind the scenes. If this is true, this is just me going inside my mind even mm-hmm. deeper. Probably then I shouldn't. But it's probably just things like, hey. Yeah, you showed up in the playoffs, all right? This is not me. This is just probably maybe something they're saying. You showed up in the playoffs big time, all right? You really, really did. Can you do that all season long? Last season, he couldn't, right? 
that's probably what they're scared about. They're probably scared something about the work ethic or something like that. That's what I'm thinking inside, deep inside, not really just like I'm thinking about it all day, but it's just something that I think about that they might be saying to him. It's like, dude, you have to put in the effort and all that. So maybe that's the thing that's going on. If not, then fine. There's probably something else that's going on that we don't know about, but I just think it's a weird situation but he honestly, he'll get paid. And then honestly, if it's not the max, if it's something shorter of the max, mm-hmm. is that even more disrespectful to him to not give him the full? No, because he because deserves? he has to accept it. So if he accepts it, then you accept and move on. You know what I mean? So it's not like they offer him something less and he doesn't ex- and he does accept it. Then it's like, OK, but if he, if it is something less than the max and he doesn't max and he doesn't accept it, then, yes, there is an issue there. So. You know, I, I get what you're saying and I'm I'm kind of in the same realm. You know, I'll I'll put on my looking at this through, you know, of the fans' eyes and the sun's eyes, if you will. You know, we know that Asian, a, a, uh, DeAndre Ayton is an emotional player. And we obviously don't want this to affect his emotional state, which ultimately will affect his play. And if he's saying things like disappointed and he's not respected and things of that nature, you know, those are feelings. Disappointed is a feeling. Not feeling respected is a feeling. And if that translates to the court, you're like, yeah, we obviously have a problem. But, you know, at the same time, like, I understand where Phoenix is on this situation. And I'm not going to play the the Robert Sarver's cheap angle. I'm playing the this is a big-ass decision angle for the Phoenix Suns. So let's start with the max centers in the league and their role on the offense, okay? Rudy Gobert, is he a primary, secondary, or tertiary player on that offense? Uh, he's a primary. See, I would say he's secondary to Devon Mitchell. Or to... to Devon Mitchell? No. We always do this with Mitchell's name. <laughs> Donovan, Mitchell. up, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Second, he's secondary. All right. Nikolai Jokic. Is he yeah. a primary, a secondary, or a tertiary? No, he's primary for sure. He's primary, and on sometimes he could be secondary to Murray. Uh Joel Embiid. Primary. Primary. When he's when he when he's healthy. Yeah. Carl yeah. Anthony Towns. Primary. Primary. Okay. So you look at that, and where would you say DeAndre Ayton is? Primary, secondary, or tertiary? Oh man, it's fourth tertiary does that mean fourth or third that that, that means third yeah more than that yeah exactly so on (laughs) on offense yeah and again those are the four centers in the league who are max players Mm -hmm. okay so then you look at that phoenix currently has two max players how many teams in the league have three max guys matthew take a stab um three okay who do you think luka Doncic, stephen curry and lebron james they're not on the same team. Oh, how on many, the same team? How many teams have three max guys? Sorry, I got like an email like really urgent from work, so I had to look at it really quick. <laughs> We're in the middle of a goddamn podcast <laughs> and a good discussion, sorry, and you're like, well, hold it was, on. I was an accent. I glanced over for a second. How dare um, you? So, yeah, how I many teams have too, right? three max players? I don't know. Just one. Just spit it out. Sorry, man. Well, I was just saying, just take I, a guess. I, I know, there's I five. There's I'm, five. I'm okay? okay. There's five. five. There's the Warriors who have Steph Curry, Clay, and Andrew Wiggins. He's on, he's on a max. The Nets who have Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. The Lakers who have Westbrook, James, and AD. And the Nuggets who have Jokic, Murray, and Porter. Of all those players, those 15 players that I named, how many are centers? One. And how many are tertiary option at center? None. So that's the landscape. Okay. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. the landscape that the and the lens that DeAndre Ayton is looking through is, well, let's look at you know my peers. He says in that interview with Dwayne Rakin, he's like, well, I want to be respected like my peers are. Well, his peers are the class of 2018, and there's currently four players who've received a max. Can you guess who they are? Or should I just say it? 
Just Did say get... I'm not okay. good at guessing. So okay, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, SGA, and Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Okay. So he's looking at that, and how many of those are centers? None. Now again, none of them have made the finals. Only Trey has made a conference finals. Mm-hmm. So again, you kind of have this this uneven playing field to navigate. And again, with Phoenix, I can understand why they might be playing some tug of war with Aiton in his camp relative to what that final number is, what the incentives are, what the kickers are, things are that, because they want to ensure they're getting the proper level of return on their investment in DeAndre Aiton. Now, that being said, I am still, you know, on, on the other side of that coin. And that's the side that I live on. On you know when when it comes to DeAndre and there's one thing you need to do pay him pay that man his money pay him <laughs> pay him straight up because yeah. because when when you do pay him the thing is it the money doesn't hit till next year and you're not going to have three max players for that long especially considered how considering how CP3's contract is structured DeAndre Ayton has earned it in my opinion based on his performance in the finals again knowing that he's an emotional player and this could affect his his performance this season like just get it done i know we're 5 days away my assumption is it will get done again that's why i'm not overly worried and again if it doesn't get done we do have you know the it's not the end all be all. Of course, it'll be a continual topic. If this happens and you know, all the time, I think Zion Williamson, when he comes up and he doesn't sign the max right off the bat, this is going to be the biggest story in ESPN as well. It should be because he's like, he's not going to resign in new Orleans. And I don't think he should, but I just don't want that cloud hanging over the season that we're so excited for. And I think that's the one thing that a lot of, you know, people nap naturally gravitate towards the negative. And when you hear words like disappointment, which yeah. has negative connotation to it, when we have all these great things about to be, happen for the Phoenix suns and you have this one negative cloud over here, everybody's like, well, let's go look at the cloud over there. Instead of all these rays of suns shine that is, you know, preparing for the season, but I'm not overly worried about it. I do think he needs to be paid. I think he will get paid. And then once that happens, then we can start to have those Mikhail talks and, and how, that's going to occur and again none of this money will hit till next year so you might have a year where you're in the in the uh luxury tax oh fucking well you know it's worth it with this young core true yeah you can't ruin it by that and honestly i think that da he i know you say he's emotional and like on the on the court i think he's gonna play the same exact way whether he gets paid or not is that weird i just think no because he has like chris paul and Devin booker out there who are gonna make i know him play the that's same the thing way. it's like we're gonna give you this money and then what if something happens where they leave it's like you know what i mean could we trust you to be some guy that's consistent out there and that's the thing that i always think about too and i know he earned the money it's just it is scary because it is a lot of money dude and I'm sorry, I wasn't listening earlier, dude. Well, no, but it was it's, an accident. It's 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 okay. You know, it's like uh, it's like Scott Lacey says in the chat. Lacey's dedicated. <laughs> You're dedicated to your, for your craft. Second. It said urgent. It was from my uh, <laughs> just TFO, and I'm like, oh my god, well, did I forget something? And I was yeah. like, I asked you, I asked you a sorry. question, and you just gave me like a wrong answer. You're like, yeah, those three guys, <laughs> the, the, they're max players. Like, well, I always answer wrong, anyways, so yeah, it's no different. This is true. I just love asking you random questions. So, yeah. Um, before we get into other stuff, what did I tell you to remind me about at the end of the the pod? Ooh, TV shows, mm. right? TV shows. So, yes. Um, obviously, I'm I'm on the road a lot these days, living in from hotel room to hotel room. <laughs> Is there anything that you're watching that I should be watching? Like, I still have to catch up on all the Ted Lasso. Like, I got through oh. probably the first five episodes of the season. I'm going to watch it. You can't tell me not to watch second it. Second season? First yeah, five se- of the second season? Yeah, okay. first five of the second season. Okay. Um, so I haven't, like, I need to catch up on that. But is there anything else out there 
that you or the jamsters who are watching along live, like just, I need to kill time. Like I'm in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, now granted I'm tired at the end of the day. That's probably why I'm not writing as much, Dave. I'm sorry, but I'm on a computer all damn day programming point of sale systems right now. It's super boring fucking work. So I just want to watch something. So what do you got? All right. So first of all, the second season of Ted Lasso sucks. I hate it. I don't, I stopped watching it. I really? I could not stand it. It turned into something that it just wasn't in the first season. I was like, what is really this? It more of like a sitcom and they're just trying to be too funny with things. I didn't like, it. I love the first season. I love the first season a lot. Yeah. yeah. Second season. I can't stand. Um, I know a lot of people are probably gonna say like squid game in the chat. Yeah. What, I watched the first episode of that. Okay. What'd you think? I didn't like it. I, I didn't was like thinking it. About it. How many episodes is it? Um, I don't know for sure. I just, I didn't like it. Maybe because there was so much hype and I went into it and I just, I was let down. I'm not a big Netflix guy. Like the Netflix shows. Yeah. I can't get into. I just think they're not as good. Like once you go to HBO and other platforms, it's not as good. So I, I think I'm not watching anything right now, man. I have really? a hard time getting into anything. So I'm like the worst person right now to ask. <laughs> well, you normally watch. have some decent suggestions. I mean, you're the one who recommended Afterlife. But then when you told me, you're like, I've watched it like six times. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, that was a little too much. Scott Lacey <laughs> in the chat says Goliath on Prime. I need to maybe okay. check that out. I haven't heard of that. Uh, Silicon Valley from uh, Brian. You watched Sil- that, right? Silicon Valley's Forever Go to. Yes, I've seen every episode of that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, D. Leon says, if you haven't seen Barry, I would recommend that. I love Barry. Good. That's Barry. a great a show. Now? Oh, Succession starts this Succession Sunday. Succession starts too. Sunday, yes. yes. Yeah, but yeah. I'll be home for that. Like, that's my birthday present. I get to watch Succession. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch the last two uh, episodes of that because. I forget what's going on, but that's six, six successions. But that's a, like, that's a me and Shannon thing. Like we'll watch that together. Cause we love that show. Yeah. Um, Sopranos. Yes. I've watched all the Sopranos. Uh, Barry's is the tits. No, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Sopranos. So, I'm actually rewatching Sopranos again. Yeah. I didn't watch the new movie yet. I just got into the Sopranos and now I just have it on the background sometimes. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So, okay. Well maybe I'll, I, I still got to watch. I, I still got to watch the end of Ted Lasso. I don't think there's anything no, good out right but, now. But but knowing that you didn't like it makes me know that I'll like it because oh, we generally yeah, exactly. have different opinions on these kind of things. So we do. There's nothing good. Hollywood is basically it's just done with. I think they're not putting out anything new and good. I know Squid Game's good, and that's in uh, China or Japan. Sorry, what? Uh, the China. I forget. I don't. Remember. I only saw one episode. So I don't know. So, but I just don't like it. So. All right. Well, you know, fair enough. Very negative Matthew over here. That's, well, just, I mean, if you would stop looking at all your goddamn emails and actually paid <laughs> attention to the pod, you know. So let's see. What else we got before we get out of here? One thing I want to bring up, um, pick watch. Okay. This is something that we're going to be doing. It's us versus fanning the flames this year. So there's a website that you can go to. It's nflpickwatch.com. And it's a place where I like make all my, NFL picks and whatnot, and they just released NBA, uh, the ability to to pick NBA games there. No money, nothing like that. Just a place to track picks. And we know in the past that you know, like last year, for example, uh, Matthew beat me by one game. He got thirty five out of uh, how math thirty five out of fifty six right, and I got thirty four out of fifty six right, picking against each other. And mm-hmm. this year, we're actually going to pick against fanning the flames. So what we'll do, you know, we, we did it last year where we'll make a pick who's going to pick the next or who's going to win the next Suns game. Fan of the Flames is going to do the same thing. We're, and that's where we're going to log our picks on NFLPickWatch.com backslash NBA. Um, but it's us versus them. So that being said, Matthew, the first game of the season is one week from tonight. Suns versus Denver. Who, mm-hmm. as a podcast, should we pick to win that game? Oh, man. Got to go. Got to go Suns, right? 
Uh, well, is Jokic's is, are his brothers going to be there in the crowd? Oh yes, that's a good Timothy point. Booker? Is it's, that going to yeah. intimidate Booker? I don't think nothing it would. intimidates Booker. I don't think so either. Not with yeah. that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Suns, man. So okay, this is gonna that's be our that's game. our official pick. I'll lock it in on NFLPickWatch.com. Right, okay, let's do that. It's on you, uh, fan of the Flames. Best of luck there. Um, let's see what else we got. We got the jammies coming up on Friday night. So join yeah. us live. What time you want to do that? 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Probably. Yeah, we can do the seven. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, eight. Doesn't <laughs> I'm like, let's do it. Seven. We'll dress up nice, right? <laughs> there you go. I'll be no, I'm on the road. I'll be like wearing another sun shirt. Uh okay. but yeah, so the jammies, the preseason jammies where we give away all the uh our different awards. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh let's see. Anything else I want to talk about? I feel like there's one other thing I wanted to oh. Uh, we're looking for one more draftee. One more. One more person for the Suns Jam Session Listener League. So to all of those of you who have reached out to us and said you were interested, thank you for doing so. That draft is on Monday night. Oh, the last thing I want to talk about. Did you listen to the, the over-unders Bill Simmons podcast? I did. I, I, I listened to the whole West, not the whole East, though. Okay, I listened to the whole East and only the beginning of the West. That's what I'll finish listening to tonight. Okay. Um, just one comment I want to throw out to, out to you and – I don't know why I don't do this like offline. I decided to ask you these questions like on live on a podcast, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Bill Simmons wants the Mavs and Luka Doncic to yes. be so good, doesn't he? Does. He, he does. wants he them does. so bad. Oh my it's, god, it's he, so funny. Like he'll sit year. there. You got Ryan Rosillo and Joe House telling him all the reasons why they want to suck. He's like, yeah, but like you know, Luka. He's just like he wants Luka and the Mavs to be so good, so bad. It's so funny to me. And you know why he wants him to win, so he can finally just say, like, see, like Phoenix made a mistake because he always gave Phoenix like kind of a leeway, like, hey, like you got Aiden, the Arizona guy, he's a good center, he's not a bust. But now, if he were to win, he just hates Phoenix. It's a thing with Phoenix, I think. I yeah. think that's what it is. It's because we he proved wants him wrong. Really, right on Luka Doncic too. That's so. what it is. He wants to sit there and so said, weird. "I planted my flag on on Luka Island before mm-hmm. everybody did," and you know, and they he, like they're telling him that like, yeah, but. No, no part of that team makes sense outside of Luca. It no does, part of it that does team make. doesn't make sense. Unless Luca changes his whole game. I mean, Luca's amazing, man, but he'll have to change a lot to really accommodate the rest of them. And they do need another piece. There's not. I don't care about Porzingis. He's not going to last the no. whole season. I, I want him to. I don't want these players to get. Yeah, hurt. of course, but he doesn't but, fill his yeah. role properly. Like he wants exactly. to be like a two guard. No one wants to play with. Six. I don't think, the the thing that's going to be said, and we can, you know, we'll record this right now, right? It'll be out there for everybody. I really think that Porzingis will maybe ask out. I last season I didn't think it was going to work, but I didn't know that you know Porzingis had a hard time just playing with Luca, and Luca mm-hmm. might be a guy that no one really wants to play with. He might be that guy, and it's not Could like a be. Michael Jordan thing where everyone hates him, or maybe it is. But until he actually starts winning, winning, then it then anybody will play with him. But until then, I think it's be hard for him to find a good teammate that's a second guy. Yeah, that's what they and they're not even making much of an effort to try to do that right now. You know, they didn't make any yeah. really big offseason moves. You know, they they're just trying to run it back and I think it's cuz they invested so much draft capital and everything into Christoph Porzingis and it's not paying off in any way shape or form. So it's just it's funny listen to this, you know, Bill Simmons just try so hard and try to he didn't talk. even try though. He well, just... but he, he he wants everyone to believe him and everyone's like, "Dude, like just look, you watch basketball, don't you, Bill? Like you have books on this shit." So, yeah. One last question I saw here um yeah. from Brian. Question for John. What Star Wars show are you most excited for? Boba Fett, Kenobi, Akoshka or Cassian? Uh, definitely Kenobi. That that looks like it's gonna be fantastic. You know, I didn't know those were coming out. Oh yeah, man, on yeah. Disney Plus. What's it on? Oh, Disney Plus. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, Boba Fett 
is going to be nice. But I mean, after watching the Mandalorian, we've definitely gone down that kind of avenue, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kenobi, just having um, you and McGregor come back and play uh, Kenobi is going to be fantastic. So, oh wow, well, be nice. All right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, pay him, pay that man his money. I'm gonna Such watch round. Movie, I'm gonna watch Rounders tonight. You should. Well, I, I, I want to watch it now too. And I didn't see it till like three months ago. Remember oh, for the man. first time? Yeah, that's right. Such an awesome movie. Such a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you ever so much for joining us for this our last preseason post game podcast. Again, we'll be seeing you on Friday night for the preseason jammies, and then this time next week we'll be live after the Suns' first game of the new season. Uh, until then, this is a reminder: make sure you subscribe, rate, review wherever you're listening. If you're on the YouTube feed, please hit the thumbs up button. And you know what? If you are listening, go to the YouTube feed and hit the thumbs up button as well. Uh, until then, I'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great, great evening. Yeah, everyone go home and read your family's emails. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>